What do Tim Scott, Kevin McCarthy, and fidget spinners have in common? They're all out. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. Yes, that's right. Tim Scott has uh, suspended his presidential campaign, which is, it's you know what? It's surprising and it's not surprising to a lot of people. It's not surprising that he suspended his campaign because nobody thought Tim Scott was going to be president. In fact, last week on the Mark K. Show, we all predicted he would be the next one to drop. So feather in my cap. Uh, but w- what did surprise people was how and when he announced it. He was on with Trey Gowdy on Fox News, and they were doing a, an interview. Apparently, he's had a cold or COVID or both. I don't know what it is. And he's been on the mend, and they were shooting the you-know-what about football. And then Trey Gowdy asked him about going back on the campaign trail. Listen to how Tim Scott responded. If you ever want to love your country more, run for president. Traveling this country, meeting people has been one of the most fantastic experiences of my entire life. I love America more today than I did on May 22nd. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I I think the voters uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me uh, not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying not now. All right. So much to the surprise of just about everybody, including Trey Gowdy, who was interviewing him and his entire campaign staff, apparently, Tim Scott just woke up one day and said, you know what? I've had it. I'm not running for president anymore. I'm going to go back to Iowa, but not as a candidate. Uh, You know what? I love this country. In fact, running for president has made me love this country even more. Unfortunately for Tim Scott, the feeling does not seem to be mutual. The country not loving him as much as they love other people. But you know what? It, you can see on Trey Gowdy's face if you're watching the video. If you look on, if you're on the pod, just try, I mean, it, it came as a shock. There was a double take moment because just hours before this interview, Tim Scott's campaign had sent out more campaign uh, email. They wanted to raise more money. They were like, hey, we need more money for our campaign. We need to make sure we qualify for the fourth debate. And then he goes on television and says, you know what? Screw what I said earlier in the email. Forget it. Just delete that. I'm not going to I'm not going to run for president anymore. And then there were four, five, if you count Chris Christie twice, which I like to which I like to do. Anyway, we'll get into all that here in just a minute. First, though, uh, I would like to remind you the untold story of Christmas is waiting for you. This is this should be, in my humble opinion, your first Christmas story of the year, because I think it really sets the tone for what Christmas means. Um, what the birth of Jesus means to all Christians and why we celebrate the holiday the way we do every single year as you're, as you start to, and I know the decorations are going up. I see them in my neighborhood. Mine've been up for like a week and a half already, but if you're putting up the decorations, if you're doing the Christmas shopping, if you're planning the list, if whatever it is you're doing, make sure that you put a copy of this book on your list as well. The untold story of Christmas, because it's a fantastic, um, fantastic and really truly inspiring tale that we've been sharing on the radio for years and now you can share it with your family whenever you want. And all you have to do is go to the untold story of Christmas.com to get your copy. The untold story of Christmas.com. Get it today. We'll put it in the mail. You'll have it uh, before Thanksgiving. So back to the campaign. Tim Scott is now out. He's headed back to the Senate or to the South Carolina or wherever he happens to be going. And that leaves four candidates Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. Well, And of course, Donald Trump. But when I say four candidates, I mean four candidates for second place, not for the Republican nomination, because as you as you can tell by the polls, as you can tell by the trends, as you can tell by the Internet searches and the flow of cash, uh, there's only one real winner so far. And the other four are still just I don't even know what they're doing at this. 
I don't, I mean, I feel like maybe, I mean, Chris Christie, we all know what he's doing. Vivek Ramaswamy, sure, he's building a name for himself. But Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are still battling each other. In fact, Nikki Haley is going to sink another $10 million into her campaign. And her goal is to unseat Ron DeSantis and become the number two candidate. Nikki Haley believes that Ron DeSantis should go back to Florida and be governor. I believe that as well. So you know, maybe I'll make a donation. But she and her uh, supporters and her donors are willing to put up another $10 million because when it comes down to Donald Trump, they believe that Nikki Haley is the only person who can beat Donald Trump. She's the only person that can that could that could take Donald Trump down in a head to head uh, Republican primary battle. Now, it's going to be easier for all of them because we have Tim Scott out of the race when you head to South Carolina. And this is where this gets interesting, because South Carolina, it, for for being a a moderately sized state with a moderate population, South Carolina had two presidential nominees or presidential um, primary candidates. You had Tim Scott, their senator, and Nikki Haley, their former governor. And South Carolinians apparently love both equally. Well, maybe not Tim Scott as much because <laughs> they were telling him not now. <laughs> they like, Maybe they like Nikki Haley a little bit more, but I digress. So Nikki Haley now owns South Carolina, and it's going to be a battle between her and Donald Trump. And South Carolina, should she stay in it, I believe is still fourth on the list. I have to double check that. Uh, but it, South Carolina is an early primary state. So if Nikki Haley loses South Carolina to Donald Trump, she has to pull the plug if she's still in it. If she if she loses South Carolina to Donald Trump, she has to pull the plug. If you can't win your own state, you can't be president. And if you don't believe me, just ask Senator Marco Rubio, because in 2016, he was running for president against Donald Trump. He stuck in it until the Florida primary. He lost the Florida primary, his own state to Donald Trump, who then lived in New York. And then he pulled out of the race saying, all right, I guess if Florida doesn't want me to be president, ain't nobody else going to want me to be president either. So it now paves a very different path for Nikki Haley. Should she come out on top in South Carolina? Should she win? That might be a glimmer of hope, uh, but it would definitely be a nail in the coffin of every other candidate's, every other candidate's campaign. As far as Donald Trump goes, I know that he is uh, in New Hampshire over the past weekend. He's been trying to to woo those early New Hampshire New Hampshire votes. He's been in Iowa. Ron DeSantis has been canvassing Iowa because he believes that with the help of his new girlfriend, Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, that they can uh, they can beat Donald Trump and get that early victory. However, every single poll, every single decisive, you know, campaign memo, every single piece of, you know, analytics that we see points to disaster for every other candidate who isn't named Donald Trump in the Republican primary or even in the general election, because yet another poll has come out showing that Donald Trump buries Joe Biden in crucial and important swing states. Oh, and as far as those ballot measures to keep Donald Trump off of the ballot, those things are faltering and flailing. In Minnesota, the Supreme Court shut it down. They said you have absolutely no cause, no bearing, no justification. There's no legal precedent. There's no law. There's no way we're going to keep Donald Trump off of the ballot uh, for doing something that he's not been proven to do. I mean, that's how America works, right? You're innocent until proven guilty. And Donald Trump has not been charged with insurrection or treason or tyranny or any of those overthrowing the government. He hasn't been convicted of any of those things either. And until that happens, he's totally eligible to be on the ballot in Minnesota and also every other state. So that doesn't bode well for for Colorado or any of these other clowns who think that they can legally keep Donald Trump from what a lot of people are, are now starting to believe is a, a foregone conclusion that he will be the Republican primary candidate and that he will beat Joe Biden in the general election. The other interesting thing that happened over the weekend 
is that RFK Jr. surged to 22%. The last candidate, the last 30, third party candidate to have over 22% uh, polling was Ross Perot. And that, that was a huge spoiler in that election. However, Ross Perot was more of a libertarian leaning candidate and more of a spoiler for George H.W. Bush. And a lot of people believe was one of the reasons why Bill Clinton was able to handedly win that election. But the, uh, the inverse is true this time around. RFK Jr. would pull a lot more Democrats, a lot more moderate Democrats, maybe some moderate leaning Republicans, but probably not enough to change the effect of any of the swing states. And in doing so, Robert F. Kennedy will weaken Joe Biden's already weak position. Throw Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, who had a really decent showing last time out, on top of that, not to mention pro-Palestinian Cornell West, and you've got a recipe for disaster over at Joe Biden headquarters. Well, I mean, you've got a recipe for disaster whenever Joe Biden does anything, but this definitely does not bode well for anybody on that side of the aisle, and they know it. They're starting to panic. In fact, over the weekend, Jen Psaki and a couple of the other talking heads on the Church of Lyontology and the other news programs were having a conniption fit because the reality of a Donald Trump candidacy and the reality of a Donald Trump presidency inches closer and closer by the day. And all of the hopes and dreams that the Democrats had of Donald Trump being incarcerated by now or, or politically destroyed, toxic, if you will, all the hopes and dreams they had of Donald Trump being bankrupt into submission where he could no longer even afford a presidential run, all of those things, they are failing like, well, pretty much every one of Joe Biden's policies. I mean, the withdrawal from Afghanistan has been more successful than the Democrats plan to try and thwart Donald Trump's presidential ambitions in 2024. And what they're trying to do in the media now, because here's the other big win that people aren't starting to realize, or maybe they are. And that's part of the problem. The other reason that these people are panicking is because they see that the Donald Trump ideals for conservative governance, the Donald Trump way of life, the MAGA party, the America first party, making America great again, putting America first. Uh, those kinds of things are permeating throughout the party. And instead of Donald Trump's ideals falling by the wayside and being a fluke, they're growing and they're expanding and they're spreading and they're becoming more mainstream. And what we saw happen with Speaker Johnson uh, taking over for Kevin McCarthy after Matt Gates and the other, the chaos caucus ousted him and vacated the speakership is the spread of MAGA conservatism. I mean, what was the first thing we heard the view say? This guy was an election denier. This guy thinks abortion is, the, is horrible. This guy reads the Bible before he comes to work. He's all, he's got to go. He supported Donald Trump in 2016. He, support, he didn't uh, certify the electors. This guy is part of the problem. Oh, no, he's not. He's Speaker of the House of Representatives. And what do we see with Vivek Ramaswamy? Yet Vivek Ramaswamy stand up on stage and say, Ronna McDaniel, you need to be fired. And this debate should not be moderated by CNN hosts or hosts of NBC. Kristen Welker should not be hosting this debate because she is a Russian collusion hoax pusher. No, we need actual conservative moderators like Tucker Carlson, like Joe Rogan, like Elon Musk. And what are Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan and Elon Musk to the left? They are conspiracy theorists and they are MAGA supporters and they are crazy and they are dangerous and they are threats to our very way of life and to the American Democratic Republic. And they must be thwarted. It's spreading. You've got top podcasters, top news people, the guy who owns Twitter, the Speaker of the House. You've got a whole bunch of people in the House of Representatives who aren't afraid to put America first, no matter how chaotic it may seem. 
And on top of that, you got Donald Trump leading everybody else. It is a nightmare scenario for the Democrats. Oh, and there's this story today in the somewhere. Hold on, let me put one of those papers, quote unquote. I, I call them, I don't call them papers anymore because A, nobody reads the papers. And two, uh, hang, on, hang on, where is, oh, where did it go? Oh, here we go. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. The MAGA dominated state Republican parties plagued by infighting and money woes. Now, what you're starting to see is, and Donald Trump was very meticulous about this, after the election in 2020, Donald Trump and his administration and his campaign chiefs and his advisors, they said, look, we need to make sure that we are changing the culture from the state level all the way up. They started to put in place people who were, uh, you know, loyal to Donald Trump, who had an America first agenda, who weren't really part of the elite bought and sold, bought and paid for, you know, establishment Republican uh, party. And they moved them into all of these places all over the country. And they said, look, we need to redo the uh, the these the state run RNC chapters. We need to make sure that in Arizona and Georgia, we have RNC chair people who are going to fight instead of these people like, you know, Brian Kemp, who are going to roll over and Brad Raffensperger, who aren't going to, you know, or who are going to who are going to kowtow to the Democrats. We need people who are going to put up the battles that need to be or wage the battles that need to be waged in order to win the war. And that's been happening. And now when you look at what's going on in Arizona and Georgia and Michigan and all these other places, yes, there are money woes because you've got MAGA Republicans in charge of a lot of places saying we're spending money for A, B, C, and D. And you've got the old school donors and the old, you know, the old guard who are saying, oh, no, we won't. Um, but it's all part of that changing, shifting tide. What happened in the Speaker, uh, the House of Representatives with the Speaker battle is now happening statewide at the GOP level. And all of that is going to culminate in different state GOPs run by Donald Trump loyalists. And that means that on a national level, Ronna McDaniel eventually will also have to be replaced the sooner the better. Anyway, we'll get into more of that during the Markay Show today at noon Eastern, 11 Central. Don't forget the untold story of Christmas. This to me should be your first Christmas book. If you haven't yet purchased any new Christmas books for your family, or if you're looking for something to really set the mood and set the tone, not only is this a great story, but look how beautiful we made it. We want you to be able to display this on your on your table, on your coffee table, your dining room table. You can display it on your kid's bookshelf and people are going to go, wow, that's really that's really beautiful. They're going to pick it up. They're going to read it. And then they're going to hear this incredible new telling of the birth of Jesus Christ that they've probably never heard before. And it's going to put them in an amazing um, mode for uh, for Christmas. The untold story of Christmas dot com. Get yours today. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to set the notifications for this podcast because, man, we're ramping up. I'm excited. Tim Scott's out. Four, there's one more down. Wait, several. Wait, four. We're getting there, but we got to keep going at it. So uh, keep listening, keep downloading, keep sharing, keep liking, and keep fighting because each and every one of us all together are going to save the republic.